Good morning once again, guys. I am so glad that you're here. I'm excited about this month. I'm excited. Man, what a crazy week this has been, right? Right in the middle of all the stuff that's happening all over the world, we're just, uh, we're talking about love gives. This is, as I said before last week, what the world needs more than anything. What this country needs more than anything is a united church, right? A united church showing the love of God. So that's, that's, that, 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 that takes everything. When you are a church and you follow Christ, that, that gets in the way or that blocks everything else out. My passionate love for God and his church, that, that, that takes everything out and it blocks everything out uh, that, that keeps God from, or th- that keeps the world from confusion. Okay. I want to say this. Um, love's response. When we say love gives, we're talking about love's response. Love has a response to generosity. And that's what we're talking about as far as love gives. So I want to kick this message off today called Love Gives. Actually, it's a series. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this day that you've given us. Thank you because we live in this great nation. And thank you, God, because we are blessed to be generous. As we talk about love gives, teach us love's true expression. This we ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, look at your neighbor and say, love gives. You're going to hear that a lot this week. Okay, before I get uh, busy doing everything, I've got a lot to cover. And I uh, only have it about, about an hour and a half to preach. So I need to get busy. I'm just kidding. Uh, some of you don't think that's very funny. Uh, uh, um, I had somebody tell me, uh, that's, that's great, Pastor. You can preach as long as you want. Just I was, at a, I was visiting a church, and I asked them, how long should I preach? And they said, you preach as long as you want. The, the, uh, let the Lord have his way. You move in the spirit. Uh, we leave at 1130, <laughs> but you preach as long as you want. So anyway, uh, I want to show you something right off the bat, and you might want to take a picture of this image or whatever, but this is our calendar for the next few weeks. So November the 15th, we are, do you guys remember Barefoot Sunday? Barefoot Sunday. Here's the, here's the idea, and we're going to be sending you emails, and we're going to send you posts. It's easy. We don't need six weeks to prepare for this. It's next Sunday. You show up, and whatever shoes you're wearing, you're donating. You're going to leave here barefooted, okay? So here's what happened. Last year, we had people bring an extra pair of shoes, whatever that looks like for you, okay? But the idea is, uh, the idea is that we walk around here barefooted that Sunday. We call it Barefoot Sunday. We show up. Uh, if I were you, I'd, uh, you have that image of Barefoot Sunday. Can we click to that image of Barefoot Sunday? Do we have it back there? You do have it? Yes. So wear cool socks. Show, show off your fanciest pair of socks. We're going to be doing that next Sunday. And here's the idea. And, I, and I'm getting ahead of myself because there is a, we gave a lot of pairs of shoes away last year. And we gave a lot of coats away. So, so this is how we do it. Show up, take your shoes off, throw them in a bucket, leave barefooted with your family. It's a lot of fun. So next week is Barefoot Sunday. Okay, let's go back to the calendar, guys, if we can. November the 22nd is Devote a Coat Sunday. Same thing. Uh, you're going to show up, drop off your coat. You're going to wear your coat to church. You're going to leave without a coat. Why? Because we want to teach you to rough it a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it's just some people just brought six coats and dropped them off. But the idea is, is uh, you're going to 
give your coat away. Uh, I'll tell you how many coats we gave away later. And then December the 5th, at Academy Sports, we go, we, we take our trucks and trailers, and we got to pick up a bunch of bikes. So uh, we have some letters. I'm going to read you a little bit, uh, read you some letters of some of the kids that are already turning in their Bikes for Kids thing. So uh, Bikes for Kids, we're going to pick up on December the 15th. We do our regular truck and trailer pilgrimage to Academy Sports. And once again, we're still having trouble finding 18-inch bikes. So few of you guys are buying 18-inch bikes when you find them and bring them to the church. That is tremendous. That is tremendous because we can't get them in bulk orders this year. And bikes are more expensive, way more expensive this year. That's a different subject. So December the 19th, we kick off our Bikes for Kids. We're not having the event at the Expo Center, bringing tons of people. We don't know what that would be like. That's too uncertain. So we're, we're going to give bikes from our our Bikes for Kids warehouse, and we're going to be going to about four or five different schools, and we're going to be, uh, we're going to take a trailer of bikes and have kind of like miniature bike hub giveaways to kids at the schools. Isn't that awesome? We've been talking to some of the schools, so we're going to be doing that, but that's going to take about five days. So uh, if you want to volunteer for that, if that's something that you want to volunteer for, uh, here's, here's the deal. First of all, you need to let us know. You can take one of those cards out of the back of these chairs or email us or however you want to contact us. You can send it by way of app or email. If you want to be a part of this, this is going to last about four or five days of going to different schools. You don't have to do it every day. We're going to be working in shifts. Maybe you want to work two hours from the warehouse or maybe you want to meet us at one of the schools. The reason we need to let you know is because we're ordering T-shirts in the next, I think we have to order them before the next couple of weeks. We need shirt sizes and uh, uh, we're going to provide you with shirts, so we need to know your shirt size or whatever, and let us know, and we'll tell you what's available and where you can serve. So uh, I'll tell you more about this stuff later. I'm just giving you a kind of a bird's eye view of what's going on. So this is what's happening uh, for the next few weeks during this Love Gives season, okay? Uh, I wanna, let's, let's get back to the message. Nothing is more powerful than love's expression through generosity. Nothing is more powerful than love's expression through generosity. Because God loved us so much, the Bible says that he gave, right? What, what did he give? Who did he give? He gave his son. It's nothing for God to throw down some cash. Uh, you know, uh, uh, in, this, in, in our society, money talks, right? You, you, uh, you love me so much. You give me, I mean, money can, tell, can express love. God doesn't need money. He doesn't work and operate in his realm and money. He gave his most precious thing. That is the standard by which our Father has shown us about generosity. No one has given more to humanity, more, or no one has given uh, to humanity more than God himself. But his love goes even further. He looks for opportunities to, to give his children blessings and to resource us for the enrichment of our lives and for the building of his kingdom. God actually, and this is what I'm going to show you today. God looks for opportunities to bless you and to bless me, enriching our lives and also building his kingdom. And I'm going to show you that in scripture. And, and to do that, I first want to show you a scripture passage. 2 Timothy 3 and 16. 2 Timothy 3 and 16. It says this, all scripture. How much scripture? All the scripture. No, wait a minute. Just the New Testament, right? No, all scripture. All scripture is inspired by God 
And it is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Check this. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what, it is, what is right. God uses it. He uses what? The scripture. He uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. We are not saved by works, but we're called to works, to bring about good and to bring about God's heart to this earth. So when we talk about generosity and the expression of work, I, I, I want to tell you something. I'm going to show you some things today that we've done through generosity and what your giving is doing, what our giving is doing. I'm going to show you some things that are going to inspire you. I'm going to show you some things that you don't know about Faith Code Church and what we've been doing, but it's going to inspire you and it's going to pump you up in order, and, and, and you're going to think, man, I want to give and I want to be a part of it. And that's great. But more than anything I want you to realize is I want you to understand that this is what we're called to do. More than, any, more than anything that, that you can be inspired to do, that's what we do many times is we get people all pumped up to give and we show them, hey, make a difference through your giving. Hey, look at these kids and what you're doing and, and, and look at this mission that we're doing and all the good that we're doing. That's great and I'm all for that. But I want to show you something today that God has not only called you, but you have been created for generosity and giving and funding the kingdom of God. And the Word of God shows us this. So more than anything else is over the next few weeks, I'm going to draw from the Word of God to back up. Of course I should do that. Well, you should read the Bible and preach. That's what I'm doing. But, but you're going to be inspired in other ways because this is exciting stuff. But I want to show you through the Word of God that we were created for generosity. I want to go to the, an Old Testament passage. We don't talk a lot about the Old, Te Old Testament when it comes to giving sometimes. But the Old Testament was not necessarily written with New Testament believers in mind. Now, we don't throw out the Old Testament, but when you read the Old Testament, you read the Old Testament law, and you see that, that we don't live by that. You can't, you can't pick and choose. A lot of times as Christians, we say, well, we believe this part of the Old Testament, but we don't live according to this Old Testament. I want to tell you something. The Old Testament writers and the Old Testament prophets were writing to Hebrewic Jews. They were, they were written to people of Old Testament law. But it is a foreshadow, and it was a, a, there are principles in the Old Testament and inspirations of the Old Testament that lead us and teach us about today. And that's why we want to hold on to and read the Old Testament. And I want you to go to Malachi, the third chapter, and the sixth verse. And this is something, this is a passage of Scripture that my parents have read to me, my grandparents read to me, that, would, that, would, that, that our, our tithing system and how we give was based in. And this is what I was brought up to believe about tithing and about giving. How many of you want to learn more about giving? Yes. You, you wanna, this, is, this is education. This is, I'm going to drop some knowledge into your life today about giving. Yes, we, we want to grow in this. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, I want you to grow in this gift as, as you grow in other gifts. We're not, I'm not here because we need more money in the church. This is not what this is about. This is about us growing in the knowledge of what God has called us to. Check this out. This is God speaking through the prophet Malachi. He says, I am the Lord and I do not change. That is a very, very powerful statement. That is a very powerful statement if you read the New Testament. God, now the old covenant changed. Thank God that we don't live under the old covenant. It's impossible to live under the old covenant. 
The covenant has changed. People has changed. The requirements, the blessings, everything has changed. The old covenant is actually, according to the Apostle Paul, obsolete. The new covenant made the old covenant, the tithing system and all that, it made it obsolete. But God has not changed. This is why we talk about the New Testament. I'll tell you that more about that here in just a second. He says, this is why your descendants of Jacob uh, have not been destroyed because I don't change and my word doesn't change. Ever since the days your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord. But you ask, and this is, this, this is kind of like God having a conversation with himself saying what you might be saying to him or saying what his people were saying to him because they were wondering why God has abandoned them. And God says, he, he says, how can we return when we have never gone away? And God answers his question because he's saying, I want you to return to me. And he's saying, you're saying, but wait, we haven't walked away. And he answers his question with another question. He says, should people cheat God, yet you have cheated me? But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you, God? And he says, you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. How many of you know that it's good that we don't live under the Old Testament? Check this out. It says, you are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Then he brings a solution. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament system, if it was a requirement that you tithe, it was not an option, it was law. And if you did not tithe, you were cursed with a curse. If you read the Old Testament in Deuteronomy, it lays it out very plainly. It was impossible to live by, and we don't live under this, but you were actually cursed with a curse. But I was brought up in a Pentecostal church, and we were taught, if you didn't tithe, you were cursed. I remember my grandfather, used to, he used to say, you will pay your tithes one way or another, whether it's through doctor's bills, whether it's through accidents of your, you will pay your tithes. But I want to tell you something. We are not living under the Old Testament curse. Even, well, I'll get to that here in just a second. Now, he gives a solution. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse or the church, if you will. So there will be enough food for the church or for the temple. And if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it all in. This verse is amazing to me, this next part. It says, try it. Put me to the test. Now, this is significant because there is no other passage in the Bible where God says, it's okay to test me. In fact, Jesus said, the, the word, the, he quotes Old Testament, you are not to put the Lord to the test. That's an Old Testament commandment. However, when it comes to the area of resources, it's okay. In fact, it is, he coaches us to put him to the test. It says, your crops will be abundant. For I will guard them from insects and disease. Uh, uh, your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, and, says the Lord. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for your hand will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. In the Old Testament, as I said before, tithing was a law. It was not an option. We do not live under that Old Testament law. However, God has not changed. Here's the cool thing about how we live today. In the Old Testament, if you did not tithe, you were cursed. But if you tithed, you were blessed. Let me tell you what it's like to live in the New Covenant. If you don't tithe, you're not cursed. If you do tithe, you're blessed and enriched. That's how generous of a God that we serve. 
That's the new covenant. However, in the New Testament, at the same time, he says that I don't change. So even though the new covenant has changed, God has not changed. Okay? God has, if you want to know how God thinks, now, since, since the Old Testament, Jesus has become that bridge, that mediator. He has taken the judgment of God and the curse on him. But if you want to know how God thinks and is motivated and moves, read the Old Testament because he has not changed. It's just that we have a Savior that, that has taken our curse and our, our judgment. But God offers a challenge to the people that operate in giving. Blessing comes through trusting God. This is what, is what he says. Blessing comes through trusting God enough to give him a percent of what is already his. Now, here's what I've had people say based on what I've told you. And this is, this is a little bit controversial for me to say we're not under an Old Testament curse. Because if you grew up in, in a charismatic or a Pentecostal church, we were taught that tithing was it's kind of like a law. But if you read the New Testament, Old Testament, you, you see that. And I'm going to show you some things. And... Please hear me out in this before you make a decision and before you think, oh, Travis, he's a heretic. I've heard people say this, I don't have to tithe to be a Christian. I don't have to tithe to be a Christian. I, I believe that that's true. It's kind of like when people, says, when people say, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Well, I want you to think about those statements. I, I don't have to. I'm, I'm a pastor of a church and I don't have to tithe to be a Christian. It's not about that in the New Testament. It's that I want to. <laughs> now, I can, if you want to sit down and talk to me, I can debate with you and I can prove to you how it's, it's I don't want to get into all that, but I can debate with anybody over those two things, okay? But I believe at the end, at the end of the day, you don't have to tithe to be a Christian. But I want to show you today that you want to. This is something that you want to be a part of. And here's what I want to say as we talk about the Old Testament. Here's what I want you. He says, test me in this. Number one is I want you to take the test. When Jesus, when, when the Lord says test me, I want you to take the test. In other words, I want, when it comes to tithing, when it comes to supporting his church, his kingdom work, his mission on earth, I want you to take the test. I want you to trust God. Back to Malachi 3 and 10, it says this. Bring all the tithes into the church or to the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do so, says the Lord, I will open up the windows of heaven. I will pour out a blessing. Trust me. Let's go back to what I said before. The Old Testament, giving, giving to his house was a requirement. But in the New Testament, here's what I want to tell you about this. In the New Testament, it's not a requirement. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. It's a way of life that brings enrichment into your life. And, and, if, and, I, and I won't have time to go into how this has blessed my life. You have to understand, my degree is in finance. I am a conservative, okay? I, am, I, I borderline being tight, okay? So for me to talk about giving and generosity, enrichment, and finances, that is significant, okay? I, th th this is significant. But for me to talk about how God has blessed my life through the years and decades of this, it is significant. Old Testament requirement, New Testament giving to his house is an invitation. There is no law about giving 10%, but, and I, and I want to tell you that I tithe. I do more than tithe, okay? But there is no law, but it's kind of like this. In view of what God has given in the New Testament, it's, 
it's like God is speaking to us and say, hey, just do your best. I'm not going to make you do anything. I'm not going to require by law. Just do your best. Based on the gift that I have, based on my generosity, based on the fact that I've, I've given my best, my very best to you. I'm not asking you to do what you can't do. I'm not asking, that's the wonderful thing about giving. It, he, just, he just says, hey, just do your best to support my kingdom and my cause. Just do your best. Are you with me? Look at your neighbor and say, just do your best. And the same blessing is tied to those who financially give to God's house. I'm about to read you part of it. We're going to go into the New Testament in 2 Corinthians 9 and 10 where the Apostle Paul is commending them for their generosity, but he's commissioning them also to take the next step, to go to the next level. He's talking about what they have done through their church, but he's saying there's something else, and I want, to, I want you to go to the next level because of what God is doing through you and what God is going to do in your life. Check this out. 2 Corinthians 9 and 10. Don't miss this passage. It says, for God is the one who provides. Look at your neighbor and say, God provides. A few weeks ago, I'll say it like this, a few years ago, somebody told me, literally said to me, I'm taking my money and I'm going somewhere else. Talking about the church. I think, I think that I'm taking my money and I'm going somewhere else. Don't ever forget this. It's not your money. It's God's. Everything you have is God's. Everything in your, the air that you breathe, it's all God's. It's given to you on a lease plan, and it all goes back to God at the end of your life. Don't ever forget, when we remember that everything that we have is, we are stewards, we manage our resources, but nobody, I've never seen an armored truck following a hearse before. You don't take it with you when you go. Yes, it's yours to enjoy, but always remember that God provides what we have. For God is the one who provides seed to the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide when we are generous. You have to read the scripture. I don't have time to read all this. I'm in a hurry. He will provide, not only provide, but he will increase your resources. And then, this is what's cool. He will produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Something is produced in us when we walk in generosity. This is what I don't want you to miss. And listen to me. If you don't remember anything about this message, don't forget this. Church is not a charity. This is not a charity. A charity is when you give what you receive is goodwill. You don't get anything in return. You get goodwill. You, you're a blessing to people. You should absolutely, we should all give to charities. But a church is not a charity because a church is a mission. A mission is an assignment. Our mission is an assignment from God. Therefore, when God, which he is always moving through his church, the church is the hope of the world sent by God. Therefore, he's going to make sure that his church is funded. So here's what he does according to this passage. He resources people that are generous towards it. My life is an example of this. My giving is an example of this. I, I want you to see this. It's not a charity. 
You're not just giving into something, well, we're helping the church, well, we're helping the kids of the church, well, we're helping the kids, by, well, we're just, well, the church needs help, so we're going to help the church. Listen, keep your money, if that's what you're thinking. Keep your money, we don't need it. And the finance department's going to get me for that later. But I'm serious, this is not a charity, this is a mission, and God will resource people that say, I'm going to make a difference I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an impact, and I'm going to make a difference through the church. I'm going to fund kingdom work. The church is a mission, and mission is assignment from God. Godly generosity produces generosity. This is what he said. As you give, it produces a harvest of generosity. What does that mean? God's blessing is for a purpose. The more you give, the more you want to because of what happens. The rest of that verse, they don't have it on screen, but, but 2 Corinthians 9 and 11 says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. You will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. That word enriched. I looked it up in the Greek because I was trying to find a different way. I was trying to take the word rich out of it. But every, there were, it was, there were three different words for it and it kept coming back with a phrase, we'll be made rich. So I'm like, I don't want to say that. We'll be, enriched means we'll be, we'll be made rich for every what type of generosity that you want, whether it be finances, whether it be time, whether it be resources, whatever you can give. As you give resources towards God's kingdom, what happens is he funds you, he enriches, and he provides and increases your ability to be able to do this. Am I getting through? Am I making sense? That, that when you decide that I'm going to make a difference financially, God says, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to provide for you to be able to do that. And once you begin to do that, I'm going to use you as a vessel to fund kingdom work. I have been doing this for many, for many years, for three decades, and I see how God works through people that decide that they want to do this. So I know that I might be, this might be a little bit confrontational and this might be a little bit of a challenge for some of us. But I think it's very important that I'm, that, that I'm very upfront about this because this is how God has blessed my life. And this is how God has blessed the lives of people that are, that are around me. And I want you to understand these things. This is the truth. Enriches. Hey, this is awesome. God wants to use me to bless others. I am a vessel by which he resources the church. I want to challenge you if you don't. If you don't tithe, if you don't give, I want to challenge you to let God use you financially to fund kingdom work to be a blessing to others. Amen? So here's the second thing. The first one was to take a step. The second one is... I'm sorry. The first one is to take the test. The second one is to take a step. Obey God. Pull the trigger. Wherever you are financially, here's the good thing about giving. You don't give what you don't have. You give a small portion of what God has given to you. That's the cool thing about being generous. I've heard people say, well, I, I, would, I, I would give if I had it. Listen, that's not true. I, I, when, when I make X amount of dollars, let me put it to you like this. When I make X amount of dollars, that's when I'll start giving. No, you, give, you can always give a portion of whatever you have. People that are generous with their time give a portion of their time. All right? You don't have to give. You're not required. God doesn't expect you to give what you don't have. You begin with what you have. Take a step. I believe God's provision and increase for generosity is obtained through our generosity. That's the cool thing about it. It's instigated it's increased, and we are blessed. Look at, 
look what we are invited to do. He will provide and increase us. So let me ask you a question. What if God's greatest provision and blessing was actually dependent upon our generosity? What if the things that you're striving to do financially in your lives, what if, what if the financial plans and goals of your life was abs- actually obtained through steps in generosity? God was waiting on you to take a step. And I'm not saying that you can't do it without God. Certainly. I mean, think about that. Okay, you're cursed with a curse. That's not true. 80% of churches all over the United States don't tithe and don't give. Are they cursed? Absolutely not. There are people that, that, you know, call themselves Christian, don't go to church, are financially blessed. But this is something else. What if God wants you to, you know, you live in the blessings of God simply because you live in the United States. But what if the next step financially, the things that God wants to do in your life, what if that was obtained by taking the next step financially, and God wants to use you and do something in your life. I want to tell you something. I want to challenge you to take the next step. Amen? The first step is yours. For many of us, it is a way of life. And I want to show you very quickly, with the time that I have left, on what we do financially at Faith Co. Church. Uh, Let me let me show you this, 2019, it's 2020, but I want to show you 2019 because this is when we get generous. This is when we give. Let's go to the first thing, guys. In 2019, we sponsored, we, with the, the Love Gives offering, we're about to receive the Love Gives offering here in just a second. With the Love Gives offering, we sponsored five kids for the entire year of 2020. We're going to sponsor those same kids. Uh, there's, if, if you want to know, learn more about these kids, you can, we can actually write them. Uh, uh, we're going to, we're going to uh, talk to Hope House. This Hope House is actually based in Shawnee. In Shawnee, the couple that does this, they're based in Shawnee, but this is Malawi, Africa, where the orphanage is, and they minister to 300 students. So it's very, very significant. We sponsored five kids last year. Come on. That, isn't that awesome? Wouldn't it, be cool, wouldn't it be cool if we sponsored 10 kids? It's all based on we're not going to do what we can't do. It's all based on whatever we want to do. So, okay, let's go. Let's, what else did we do with our Love Gives offering last year? Uh, Love Gives, we gave Shawnee Rescue Mission, uh, which is a very significant ministry here. I thought I saw Glenn. Is Glenn here? Glenn's right there. <laughs> how long have you been doing this, Glenn? Shawnee Rescue Mission, how long have you been doing it? 16 years. 16 years. So uh, we were able to sponsor them. Okay, what, uh, what, what's next? El Salvador is a ministry. Uh, Rick Morgan and his family is down in El Salvador. He has two churches in in that area, but he has let me know that he is overseeing a lot more churches. We were able to give them a Christmas offering of $500. Isn't that awesome? Awesome, yeah. What else? The Vota Coat Sunday. We gave away 300 plus coats at our Bikes for Kids event. Isn't that awesome? You guys gave away 300. What else? Barefoot Sunday, we gave away 200-plus pairs of shoes. Isn't that cool? Yeah. All right, Bikes for Kids. Check this. This is our biggest. Uh, we, our church 
does Bikes for Kids, and we oversee it, but we uh, hit the community, and we get a lot of businesses to sponsor it. There's a lot of businesses, and I think uh, um, uh, different organizations that let us speak throughout the community, and a lot of businesses help us fund this, and we raised $28,000 to fund 471 bikes last year. Isn't that awesome? So that's the biggest thing that we do. Uh, don't go, don't, don't leave this for a second. By the way, while I'm thinking of it, uh, we have business forms in the back. If you have a business, if you know somebody was a business, uh, take a few of these business forms, and if you know somebody that's got a, a business in town, gouge them to tell them to buy, tell them to sponsor a bike. Will you do that for me? Okay, somebody said they would. All right. Okay, what's the next thing we got? Over the last nine years, 2010 through 2019, we've raised $310,000 plus for funding Bikes for Kids, and we have spent, or we've raised $262,000 funding local and world missions. Isn't that awesome? Do I have any more? Am I missing anything? Is that it? I can't remember, guys. I'm sorry. So here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. When I'm telling you we're making a difference, I'm saying that just a little bit over a, a long period of time, we are making a difference and we're changing the world. And the offering, I told you last week that we would be receiving a Love Gives offering. I want to tell you that, that Love Gives, the offering that we receive, we give it all away. Okay, all of this, all of this that we were about to, to do, we give it all away. And one of the things that we do, one of the, the things that we raise money for is bikes for kids, and I, I, we're already getting letters, and I want to read a couple letters um, before I let you go. But uh, this, I'm not going to give you their names, but this little boy is, uh, it says that he's smart, and he's a sweet boy, and he is very active, and he loves the outdoors. Uh, he likes playing outdoors. He loves to bike ride when he can, when he gets a chance. His, his bike, uh, he's grown out of his bike, and he was too big for his bike, so he broke his bike. So this little guy, he, he needs a new bike. How many of you know we can get him a bike? Yeah. You know, okay. Uh, this one is, uh, he's a rough and tough little boy, and he is such, but he's such a sweet kid. And basically on these letters, uh, and this is why I want you to pick one of these up, we ask parents or teachers to express why your little boy or little girl or somebody that you know needs a bike. And... Uh, it says that uh, he teaches his youngers and uh, younger brothers and sisters how to bike ride, and uh, he's actually learned trick on his bikes. And when he was doing a trick on his bike, he broke his bike. So we're going to get him a bike, right? Isn't that good? So uh, in this one, uh, he is—he just learned how to ride a bike, and he has a 12-inch bike, and he has asked his mom for a big boy bike. So uh, anyway, this, this is good. So this is my personal favorite one. Uh, this was one, I think that this little girl filled this out herself uh, for her mom because, because it sounds like something her mom has been saying to her that she wrote down. It says, uh, uh, we'll call her Kelly, that Kelly, uh, you know, explain why your child or your friend should have a bike. It says, because my mom gets a social security check and she can't get me one. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty cool. But anyway... We get the, the privilege to do this. And if you've ever been a part of a Bikes for Kids event, 
this is something where you get to make a huge difference. But we're not just making a difference in our community. We're making a difference in the world. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand. Uh, and I'm going to pray. And as I pray, I'm also going to let you go. And I'll speak a blessing on your life. And as you leave, if you have brought your Love Gives offering. And uh, I, I want to say this, that this is an offering that our family has been preparing for for a year. So maybe you're here and you weren't, you're not prepared or you've been thinking about. Uh, you've got the entire month of November and halfway through December to give significantly towards. But this is something that I've been preparing for. And this is a very significant offering for me and my family because we want to, we want to make a big, a huge impact in this season. So as we leave today and as I let you go, I just want you to pray that God will speak to you about how you can be a part of Love Gives in this season. Maybe you just want to buy a, a bike or may, maybe sponsor a few bikes. Maybe you want to sponsor uh, uh, one of these kids that we have. Whatever, you can write that down, communication card. But don't miss the opportunity to be a part of Love Gives in this season. Amen? So I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to speak a blessing on your life, and then I'm going to let you go. Your Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the blessing that we have to give. You said that it was more blessed to give than to receive. I pray that every person here will begin to understand that as we understand generosity. It is truly more blessed to give than to receive. I pray, Lord, that the offering that is given today will be blessed and multiplied. And every need that you see in the house, everything that we're trying to do, every, every, every kid that needs a bike, Lord, we have never had to turn down one kid that ever turned in a letter. I pray that the same thing, right in the middle of all the chaos that's happening in the world, we're going to have this event, and we're going to give kids bikes. Every person that needs a coat, every person that needs a pair of shoes, we're going to give, Lord, because love gives. And I also pray, Lord, for the blessing and the finances and the resources of the people that are here, that you, will, that you will provide seed to the sower, and we will be enriched in every way according to your word, not mine, but according to your words, we will be enriched in every way so we can always be generous in every situation. Bless us as we give today, and we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, before you leave, let me speak a blessing on your life. Until we meet again, May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. And everybody said, amen. amen. We'll see you next time.